This is the Build Your Best Family Podcast, Episode 84. The one thing to pay attention to when building your best family. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. How we think determines how we feel and ultimately determines the action we take. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the mindset issues that propel us forward or prevent us from taking action in our family life. So I think a lot of us can remember the labels that we were given as a child. Carl, do you want to share a label or two that you were given? I was given. Bad? Yeah, definitely. Something that you thought impacted your life? One of the words... That stuck with me, still stuck with me. It is a little bit part of my personality, but I didn't know how to process it was perfectionist or, you know, why does everything have to be perfect, right? Which I I didn't really, I struggled with it because to me, what I was doing was just the right way to do it and was just logical. It wasn't like I was trying extra hard to do it perfect. I thought the way they were doing it was pretty... <laughs> pretty bad or imperfect so it was kind of like for the same amount of effort why wouldn't you want to do it this way and and of course I think that impacted me probably in a negative way as a child because you don't know how to process differences in personality types and I was thinking like what's wrong with me why is why wouldn't they want to do it this way Mm -hmm. like why what's wrong with me like this is logical isn't it Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming when they said it to you it was meant as like a negative because they didn't understand you. Absolutely. That's the thing is it was definitely a negative because in, because they didn't understand why I needed to do it. Perfect. Or but I didn't think of it as perfect. I just thought of it as like, what other way would you do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I struggled with that. How about you? So when I was growing up, I always felt like I was just okay. I can remember probably more so, In high school, I had a good group of friends. I wasn't pretty. I wasn't ugly. I was just okay. I wasn't Mm -hmm. the one that everybody liked, but I was good enough. And I think that even even a little bit growing up, like earlier on, I think that I was somewhat compared to other people and how they were performing. You know, well, so-and-so's doing this in her schoolwork, and -and so-and-so's doing this. and, And I feel like I did, I was enough. I was okay. But I wasn't anything else. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess to somebody that might be a good label. But to me, it was definitely like this mediocrity. This well, maybe, maybe folks were or your parents were trying to motivate you with comparison, which, mm-hmm. which of course doesn't work. Yeah. Even as much as we like to think of it and say, hey, look how much better this is. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of still like a demotivator because you're feeling like okay they don't think i'm as good as this person or whatever it is even though it might be a completely true statement hey this would be really cool for you to do and this might really compel you into something really awesome but nobody's thinking of it that way yeah i think a good label that was maybe put on me was that i was a good artist i people had recognized my ability to be artistic when i was pretty young i remember being in some gifted and talented classes, and then in high school being acknowledged for how well I drew. But I don't remember loving 
drawing, but I took on that label. I was like, oh, this is something I'm getting knowledge for. This is something that people think of me. And what's interesting is that if I look back over like my career choices and my educational choices in college, it was all, it all stemmed from that label that was put on me and what I became known for. So even though I don't think I was particularly passionate about drawing because people had labeled me with that, I ended up pursuing like a high school art major and I ended up going to a college for design and architecture and then went into the profession of design, which I do love. But it's interesting that what propelled me there was someone just speaking that label over me and then having it perpetuated. So it's the power of labels in general that Mm -hmm. are really impactful in life and therefore we need to be very careful in the labels that we give each other, mm-hmm. but especially our kids, because obviously we're, you know, kids are vulnerable, just mm-hmm. like you and I were vulnerable to the label of, say, I was to the label of perfectionist for me, for you just being kind of like middle of the road, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you're good, but, you know, you could be better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that becomes a dangerous road to be on, and, and I don't think any of us parents want to be on that road. I think it's natural sometimes to get on that road Mm -hmm. because it's just easier to explain a situation that way. But again, it doesn't necessarily work and really generally doesn't work. But I Mm -hmm. guess it's all in a matter of how you deliver it. But if you're just labeling a person with nothing else, it can be really dangerous. But it can be positive to your point, though. You could be labeling somebody in something they're very passionate about. And that propels them even further than they would have been because you're speaking positive words over yeah. that thing. So labels are very important. Yeah. You know, I think about when I, even when I was a young adult, I labeled myself. I don't know if anyone ever called me this, but I labeled myself an underachiever. Like I knew I was capable of so much more, but I became satisfied with underperforming and just having the knowledge that I could do something really well. And I definitely carried that label through college I would almost laugh at people that put a ton of work into their schoolwork. And of course, now as an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, the opportunities we have in college that I didn't take advantage of. But that's a label that, like I said, I don't know if someone gave me, but I I definitely accepted and I took on and, and it took me a lot of years to break that into my adulthood. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for myself, I was labeled on the good side of things as a good um, negotiator or good being persuasive mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was able to use the logic that I had, right? Which made things, you know, seem perfect because I was logically doing them in my mind. And, and, and you can use that kind of thinking to be persuasive, especially in negotiating and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, as we learn and we grow and we start to decide who we really are and who we want to become, we really have to be able to identify the labels that we've been given, either from other people or just, you know, unconscious messages that we've received and believed about ourselves. And we need to be able to intentionally uproot them because if we don't, they're going to stick. And like I said, it took me a long time before I was able to shed some of those labels. And I brought those labels into 
my motherhood and my parenting and I brought them into the things that I did with my family and I didn't even realize it. But once I started to grow and learn, once I started to work with a life coach and once I started to really lean into my faith and learn what the Bible said about me, I was able to identify beliefs and labels in my life that weren't serving me well. And it really was important to take the time to uproot those and let go of them. I think this really hits home for a lot of people because I think if we're honest with ourselves, most of us can come up pretty quickly, especially with a negative label from our childhood, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you might struggle on the positive side, unless you were just awesome at something and you're, you're just getting that positive label all the time and that was mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. But you can easily think about labels and how powerful they've probably been in your lives and then translate that into what are you doing today in your family to create positive or negative labels and and how are you driving your family culture with that? And now is the time to kind of reassess that Mm -hmm. and maybe write down a list of everything that you think of on your own self, but what you're actually doing within your family and reassess the whole situation related to labeling how you're using it in a positive or negative way. Mm -hmm. So on our website, we ask, what do you want your family to be known for? And that's because we believe that you get to choose the narrative of your family. You get to choose the narrative of your your life. You get to say, this is what I want to be known for. And then you work backwards from there to figure out what steps you can take to become the family that you were meant to be. And I think that we can do that both on an individual level and on a family level as well. And I think that it's the one of the biggest things that will propel us forward to the life we want or to the family we want. And this is something that you can have. This is a discussion that you can have with your kids at any time because Mm -hmm. it's easy to have a conversation around this because I think it hits home. Mm -hmm. And um, if there is a negative label kind of going on within your kids, they'll tell you Mm -hmm. if you ask and you have this conversation because because you're approaching it with a sense of, I want to I want to do this well. Mm-hmm. And if I am off and I suspect I'm off in these areas, how is it affecting you? Yeah. That's I think that's a road to getting yourself on the right track. Yeah, I think we're quick to label our kids. Most of the time we we think it's a good thing. You know, for example, my girlfriend growing up, one of my closest friends when we became adults, We had a conversation about how her parents had called her the smart one and her sister the pretty one. And the interesting thing is that they thought that they were praising their daughters for these particular attributes that they held in esteem. But I think what what happened is she explained it to me, which was so insightful because, of course, this was my friend that was so pretty, the smart one. My friend was labeled the smart one by her parents. I mean, she's beautiful, but she grew up thinking that she wasn't pretty. Because that's what she heard, right? Because she was compared to her sibling. Her parents had labeled her siblings. This is the smart one. This is the athletic one. This is the talented one. Like we use those labels and it's great to be able to praise our children. But to the degree that we're labeling them and they're believing something else about themselves is really, really tricky. And so how can we shift from calling out these amazing things within our children without... These negative consequences. Or putting them in boxes. Well, think about the the sibling that was named the pretty one. Well, maybe she was pretty, but at the end of the day, maybe she thought she wasn't that smart. Oh, she absolutely. And so think about how much you're impacting your kid's future because maybe they're both pretty (laughs) and smart. Yeah. And maybe one was 
theoretically or maybe excelling in an area or not. And you, that labeling kind of solidified mm-hmm. a lot of their future. And none of us want to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's really a great, it's a great thing to reassess, especially within your family, within your kids. While they're under your roof, you mm-hmm. have a lot of power. And none of us, I'm sure, want to label our kids in a way that sets them on a trajectory of, you know, yeah, not not really, you know, no, no one wants to do it in a negative way, I guess yeah. is the best way to say it. And this isn't all about like the negative labels that you would give your children, because what's exciting about understanding this principle is that you get to control the narrative of your home. You get to control the narrative of your family and of your life experience. And you can begin to, yes, identify negative things and let go of them, but start to brainstorm and think about the areas where you can just speak life into individuals in your family and your family as a whole. And so... You know, what is it that you can call out and praise in your children? What are the attributes that you can see small glimmers of that you just want to like, you know, sow into them and excite them about and just build them up in those areas? Yeah, I think you you, you said the negative side, and I think none of, nobody wants to do the negative things. But you described with your two fr- your friend and her sibling that your their parents thought they were doing good. Mm-hmm. Right. So the intent is good. Always labels. A lot of times labels the intent is good. Sometimes they're not. But I mean, sometimes it labels intent is good. But the mm-hmm. the 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 fruit that you're getting from them is not kind of what you intended. Mm-hmm. So it's good to reassess it either way, because yeah. I feel like your intent is good in a lot of time in these labels, but it actually has a bad result. So, yeah, it's, it's just be cognizant of some of these examples in your own lives or your own experience. And how do you think about that for your family? And so, you know, you can't control the labels that other people give you, um, but you can control the label you give yourself. And so I want to bring up real quick a point, like when we have extended family members that have known us for a long time, they may tend to want to put labels on you. And so it is, it's about choosing what you want to believe about your family and about yourself. And it's also rejecting the labels that other people try to give you because mm-hmm. other label other people will try to label your family especially people that have known you for a really long time i could remember growing up and you sort of know which family was you know a hot mess and which family was this and which family was that and so there's a tendency especially when you have extended family sometimes they're they're not so secretive about what they think about your family. And so they they may have a tendency to want to say things over you and to speak things to you, whether it's like right out bold in your face or passive aggressive. And you have to be able to identify labels people are trying to put on you and make sure you don't accept them both for yourself and for your children. Hey there, did you know that every family is known for something? What do you want your family to be known for? Download our free family culture discussion sheet and in just 30 minutes you'll explore who you are as a family and discover who you want to become together. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com and start living a life of purpose with the ones you love today. So here's a few things that are really important to do when it comes to, number one, identifying the labels that somebody's given you, how to uproot them, but also how to create new ones for your family. Carl, you want to tell us number one? A big key to all this is learning really about what God says about you and, and what 
what you believe about yourself, right, through God's eyes, rather than just thinking about a label that someone did give you that was negative. For whatever reason they did it, whether it was try to be hurtful or not, you really have to be able to guard yourself for for labels. Because a lot of times, if you can't, you could live with a negative label and it could impact a large portion of your life until you can get freedom. Mm-hmm. Number two is to determine what you want your family to be known for. Now, we mentioned this earlier in the episode, and we talk about this on a regular basis on our podcast. But what labels do you want to begin to give your people and your home? So if you want some help with this, we provide resources that allow you to do that. One of them is the family discussion sheet. And it, that particular resource gives you an opportunity to look at your past, to look at what you grew up believing, grew what you grew up thinking about yourself, but also thinking about your home. And then it gives you an opportunity to start to think forward and change that narrative, brainstorm ideas, decide what you want to keep from your past and decide what you want to let go of in your past so that you can move forward with your family. Another resource that we have is our core values inventory. And this is a worksheet that walks you through the process of identifying your five core values. Those core values can become really amazing positive labels for your family, who you want to be and how you're going to live out your life. And then another thing that we um, are getting ready to do is we have our 60-day group coaching where we walk you through our Build Your Best Family course. And it's basically very similar to the first two things we talked about, the discussion sheet and the inventory kit, but it just takes it um, a few steps further and really helps you shape your family's culture. Well, the third thing is identifying the labels you already wear. And and I think... We talked about this at the beginning of the, the, the podcast, but you know we already can identify some of the things that we've been wearing and whether we're wearing things from our childhood or, or things more recent from our family or our extended family. We need to do is pray about what labels I well, pray what labels I or my family are living under and need to be uprooted. Yeah, because oftentimes there's things that maybe we don't even realize that we have embraced lies, labels, and God can reveal them to you and show them to you. Yeah, there's we, we had a great message on this the other week, and it's amazing how we can actually own a label, live with that label that we've been giving, and own it, even though it's a negative label. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm, so I'm picky. So and, and somebody said, I'm picky, and you're like owning it. I'm picky. I want to be picky. And I'm like, why do you want to own that label? Mm -hmm. Right. So there's these things that you're subconsciously okay with, you're living with Mm -hmm. as normal. And it really is impacting your life in a a negative way. So Mm -hmm. it's really reassessing labels that you may even be comfortable with Mm -hmm. that you want to uproot. Yeah. Well, one thing about labels is that it allows you to be lazy. It saves you the work of discovery, of pursuit, and of relationship. Because if you get comfortable in a label, then you don't have... You don't have to grow. Yeah, you can reason away why you don't learn, change, grow. Like, this is the way I am. This is the way I've always been. Ask my mom. She'll tell you this is the way I am. And then that becomes an excuse. Not only becomes an excuse, it becomes a limiting factor in various ways in your life. Oh, 100%. So number four would be guard that culture. So once you decide what you want your family to be known for, once you decide, you know, what it is that you want to switch, 
become aware of the words that you're speaking over your family, over your kids, even when you're just joking, you know, things versus smart versus athletic or pretty versus talented. How are you even referencing those labels in comparison with one another? This, This goes for definitely in your home, when you're in other people, or even when you're speaking to others about your family. You know, I don't want my kids to overhear me talking to my girlfriend about them and labeling them. Okay, because even if I'm not talking to them, they'll probably take, they'll probably believe that more than they'll believe me telling them to their face something different because kids are smart. And so how are you speaking in your home? How are you speaking to others? And definitely keep your eyes and your ears and eyes open to what you and your child and your spouse is saying. You really have to be vigilant about what you're allowing the conversation in your home to be, and even allowing the conversation of family members to be. In episode 77 with Jamie Summers, we talked about her family. She has a special needs child, and she has really explained and helped me to understand what it means to not let the culture tell you what is normal or not let the culture determine to you what you should praise and draw attention to. So really being vigilant about who you are as a family and then protecting that culture. Yeah, it's a really tricky one because we quite often, very casually, and this is this is important. We very casually will make a statement that she's always get she she always gets the A's, mm. or you know he's always like he's always excelling at sport, you know mm-hmm. soccer, and mm-hmm. oh yeah, he's the most athletic one. And it's little things, yeah, that can really change direction for some of your siblings and you or, or your children and you might not know it so words are so important and the way we use them and you you mentioned talking to your friend and overhearing i think that can become ex- amazingly mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. because they might be taking something you said completely out of the context yeah. that you want it to mm-hmm. say it in and living with that and it's amazing how much that can impact somebody's life. So it's mm-hmm. a real words, you know, Bible says it, words are super powerful mm-hmm. of the power of the tongue. And so we have to be really smart at how we're using them. Yeah. And number five is to have a plan. So knowing ahead of time what you are going to do to counter maybe the negative labels that you hear or things that are said, what are you going to speak over yourself or your family? members when you when you do discover that you have labels that don't fit you know uh, I have teenagers and a lot of the wisdom I hear from other parents is to help your kids come up with a script when they get into a situation that they would like to say no to and not give into peer pressure what is their go-to thing that they say when they don't when they want to say no to something what what are you going to come back with when you hear someone say something that doesn't line up with what you are calling and speaking over your family. Having that phrase, having how you're going to respond and knowing what that is ahead of time is super duper important. Yeah, it's a tricky one, but it's very important. You got to have those phrases or those thoughts. And that's where the strong family culture fits in. If it doesn't, if you've got a strong culture developed, you know, your kids will know when something's out out of bounds. Mm-hmm. But it's also important to figure out what what they can use as a strong statement or two or three in situations to kind of get themselves mm-hmm. out of it. Because sometimes the peer pressure is just too much. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, obviously they're triggered by anything that's kind of going outside of the bounds of 
what we have as a strong family culture, and that helps guide guide the next step. Yeah, yeah. And we need to know those things too. We need to know what we're going to say to family members when they're playing the old tapes of what we used to be known for when we were a kid. And so that's what our family is going to be like. We need to know what we're going to say. And the Build Your Best Family course that we talked about earlier, it we really do go to the next level and we talk about the words that you're going to use within your family. We talk about the, your top five values, but also what are those values lived out look like? And knowing those things gives you the tools you need to have a plan into place to counter those things which are coming against what you want for your family. So bottom line is be careful. Don't be lazy. And when I say lazy, I don't mean lazy like laying around all day. <laughs> it's lazy with your words. It's quite easy to be, and I'm the king of this really, sarcasm is one way to be lazy in blowing things off or diverting you know, diverting a conversation that you don't want to have. You know, it saves us from really building a stronger understanding of of our family, our family's wants and desires, and how to really um, shepherd them through life. So you can download any of the worksheets that we talked about today, the family discussion sheet or the core values inventory. You can also join our face group, and that's where other like-minded parents who are building culture gather to talk more about what we're learning on these podcasts and apply them. We have a face group? Facebook group. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) And there's always one-on-one coaching. You can reach out and we can talk with you about some of the obstacles you're trying to overcome while you are imagining, planning, and building your best family. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd like to ask for a favor. Would you be willing to leave a short review on iTunes? We're passionate about helping families thrive and reviews help families find us. We really appreciate your support. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.